0: On 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com Welcome
2: back to Old School on a Monday morning. 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com Join us. Sardar Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Also, Alexa compatible. Hey, Alexa, play 93.7 the ticket. You're welcome, everybody. Hit us up, Honda and Hotline, Sergeant Hammond, Textline line 402 464 5685. Join in on the conversation. We've got a good one coming up right now. I was listening to a little bit of uh, that uh, the, those videos that DP was telling us about, about the uh, the Sharps and, and their upbringing. And just, I, I can't see anything, but just listening to it, powerful yeah we a,
1: a lot of 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 what college and education, especially college athletics, what it does is change, change change circumstance yeah better better your circumstance, and people speak so so freely about, well, they're getting this, they're getting this, and this is where they got to, well just because you you get to college doesn't mean you had the same journey to get to college.
2: Right, yeah, right. Just
1: because you play a sport doesn't mean you had the same journey to play sport. You didn't start at the same place.
2: Yeah, it's all assumptions. I mean there's you know, there's people that start on third base that think they hit a triple and then there's guys that uh you know, start, you know, with you know, in the you know, in the batter's box always, you know, down oh two, you know, with a with a fresh pitcher. So when you're speaking of uh Shannon and Sterling Sharp, you know, just you know, grew up in lean times and uh, you know, it's part of who they are and I'm and I imagine if you ask them, they wouldn't have any other way because I think it's part of the reason why they both have been extremely successful, uh, both in football and after football. Um, and it made them tighter and it made them appreciate it. You, I mean, look, you, you play with guys that, whether you get to college and they don't appreciate it or don't take advantage of the opportunity, and you, get, and you and you play with some guys that take every advantage that they can. And you also have to be and this is what i always try to check myself on is like why like when it doesn't work out for a guy that's extremely talented and has opportunity why it doesn't sometimes it's like their you know the the background or the family structure that they come from they don't really recognize that this is a big opportunity because you know what they had really wasn't much so they're not afraid to go back to that you know what i'm saying versus sometimes if you I wouldn't say scarred. Or I'd just say just regular, like motivated by that, or see some stuff, or not want to make the same mistake as, say, you know, say a predecessor or somebody that you know of. Um, that'd be your motivating factor. So there's a lot of different things or, or ways that guys are motivated to do to be successful. And you know, Shannon and Sterling Sharp are just that. Their story is amazing. Uh, even one that's even better, better or not better, but just as impactful as that that I have personal knowledge of is just because it's John Randall. I was a ball boy when he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. And so me and him spent a lot of time together. He was, he was a, you know, a free agent, just getting a tryout. Obviously he made himself into a hall of fame player. Same with Shannon Sharp, Sterling Sharp should be in. Um, but you know, John Randall growing up with a ton of brothers on the same situation down in Texas, um, you know, with the dirt floors and, and, um, you know, hardly any running water and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's very, you know, it's educational. It's impactful. Um, It's just as impactful if you if you listen to how the Mannings grew up because you know, granted, yeah, they might people you know might have had you know again had every advantage that they had, but they still had to work for it and deal with different types of expectations. You got say the Mannings that you know grew up with the family structure, tons of opportunity. They had to deal with expectations from birth, right, and the pressure. Versus, have you have another situation, say like or Shannon and Sterling Sharp that had no expectations and no, like, pathway to make it except for, you know, to make it on your own. And, uh, you know, it's commendable that they both, first of all, went to college, number one, graduated, and used their opportunity to be successful um, through sport that's led them to do, um, you know, and change generations of family, you know, as far as, like, like their kids, then hopefully their grandkids, obviously probably took care of their their grandmother and, and, you know, so forth and so on. Um, so, and look, they're both very, very, I've met, been, been able to meet and talk to both of them. Very, very humble though. Very, very humble and, uh, very respectful and very like, uh, engaging. Um, I remember Shannon Sharp and you, you know, you see the videos of him, you know, I remember the one, you know, and he's, he's a trash talker extraordinaire. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think it was either Neil Smith or Derek Thomas where he, he had him, he was in Derek, one of those guys that had so much when he played for Denver and, and, and the opposing players on Kansas City literally the player just tapped out and said, I'm done. So I was like, Oh, maybe he's you know, maybe he's like that all the time, he's cocky or whatever, but no, when we actually did an inter squad scrimmage with them in Denver when I was in Houston. So we used to take these trolleys over all the time. And you know, to practice and stuff like that. And there would be a five or ten minute ride. And it just so happened that me and him the first two days were on the same one, you know, and you're on there, you know, you you gotta get to know the players even though you're gonna you know, scrimmage him, and you end up playing them on that, you know, Saturday night in preseason. Got to talk to him, talk to him in between, you know, like periods in practice. Great dude. And um, and then you play against him and all that, and, you know, he, he's out there doing his thing. He's a straight professional. Um, as I started to try to, you know, make my way in the media thing, um, you know, just kind of – I think I hit him on uh, Instagram or Twitter, one of the two, shot me right back, gave me like two or three, you know, checkpoints. By by no means are me and him – friends but i introduced myself or reintroduced myself saying hey we played against each other a few times in nfl here's what i'm doing any tips boom like that most guys that you do try to reach out to like that they'll just leave you on ghost or leave you on read he's not a very humble guy shannon or sterling sharp as well um, met him (laughs) through you know as we were playing in some charity golf tournament um and just, you know, just chopped it up with him. Uh, I was a ball boy a few times when he played for Green Bay. Um, never had any interaction with them, but obviously saw how great he was. And obviously, career shortened by the injury, but then obviously went on and does a lot of stuff in the media, NFL Network and stuff like that. So um, both of them are, are great. Um, you know, if you want to like a picture of guys that you want to emulate, you know, um, that would be it. You know, when you, you talked about NIL and stuff like that, you know, we, you know, you're talking about stupid money that these kids are getting, right? Um, 99.9% of them aren't worth it, uh, but, you know, I'm all for it. You know, take take advantage of it. If, if they're giving it, you know, might as well take it just because why wouldn't you? Um, but appreciate it. You know, don't don't go around and think just because you put on a – I call it playing Halloween. You put on a uniform. You put on the eye black. You put on the wristbands you wear, say, like Nebraska uniforms, you know, you're you're dressing up as a football player. Mm. Just because you're dressing up as a football player does not make you entitled, entitled to anything. And that's where really I think the problem lays, right, where you got guys think they're entitled to stuff and haven't done anything. Where's two guys that are Hall of Famers, John Randall being the third, one entitled to anything, and most likely, to be honest with you, whether they got paid in college or not, they definitely got underpaid. Mm-hmm. got underpaid and then so just give respect to the game respect to others respect yourself um because you're only dealing with a short term right here short t- short time um i i by no means don't think nil and the transfer portal is gonna shut the doors on college football or and all that stuff i don't i, I just think it's a it's just kind of like the it was the housing market is gonna you know it's gonna kind of even out and level out um because there's only so much that people are going to give the colleges because they got to make sure that you're getting some return on investment. So as time goes on, you're start to see that to start to dissipate. Um, but you know, that's going to make teams to be more logical in how they, you know, I guess allocate some of their NIL money, how they are strategic wise to go around it. Um, I think in the future, you'll start to see some, uh, universities, um, use some of that in uh, NIL money for, for, uh, or make it the possibility to incorporate some players that actually have already done it. You know what I'm saying? So whether it's like f- obviously former players, recent or old um, to try to create a partnership, which is actually could be, be a uh, build a relationship between say like a, say uh, say like you say, like Rico is a running back and say Mike Rogier, they do something What that's going to do. Is going to create a relationship and an obligation, right? So if you got a relationship and an obligation, what that's going to do is it's going to lessen the chance that Rico, if he has a tough year, to hit the transfer portal try to get paid again, ideally, uh, in theory. Um, so, but you know, Shannon Sharp and Sterling Sharp, their story is phenomenal. There's plenty of them to go around. It. I remember playing with this dude named Bobby Collins. I used to call him Bobby Boucher, and he was in our recruiting class. And he, when he took off his shirt, he was built like my uncle, uncle, I call him Uncle Grease, but his name was Gary. Mm. Yeah, he, had, he was 22 years old with a dad bod, right? Bobby was from some school in Alabama, but he could run a 4-4. Could catch, couldn't block a lick. And you would have to ask him four or five times. Now, I sometimes mumble. He has that down south dialect, or and you couldn't understand him. Um, but he told me that the first time that he actually had, like, true, like, lights and TV – was his senior year in high school. So when he got to college and he got his first TV, he had no – I mean, he would he would never go out because he was so busy trying to catch up on, like, Martin and all these other shows. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, in college, you know, we, we had a TV and we got to watch it. So you always have to be respectful of where guys come from. One of my best friends um, in the world is Sean Bryson. Um, he's from Franklin, North Carolina, and he took me back to – Country, country. Country, country. That, I would like, say he's, he's country fast, right? And uh, I used to always be, he was always like, dang, man, you used to run from the police. He's like, no, nah, we used to be running just out in the country. And Sean played at University of Tennessee. He took me back there. And, well, first of all, one time he brought up Moonshine, and that knocked me off my feet. But, you know, we'd all, we were close, and so I went back and hung out with him in the off season. And, you know, I know he said, oh, I'm from a small town. Oh, okay, I'm thinking Frederick, Maryland or something like that, small like that. Yeah, when I, when I say they have one light, one light.
1: Scotland Neck, North Carolina. Hey,
2: one light in his hometown. And, um, and his mom worked for the post office, so she had a decent job, and his dad was a mechanic. But, you know, when we went to his mom's house and chilled, then we went to his dad's house and hung out, you know, and his dad was a mechanic. So when you roll up in the front yard, you know, in the garage, he's got two cars in the garage he's working on, one underneath the tree so he has some shade. Then he's got a motorcycle that he, that was his own, that he literally was taking apart piece by piece and then putting it back together so, it, you know, he was getting ready to, you know, ride down to probably Myrtle Beach or whatever. So, you know, and Sean, his country is all get out, you know? And so. They just – you know, look, man, when you get exposed – I think sports is one of the greatest things ever. It's no different than going to a playground. See, four different kids, four different backgrounds, all, you know, just hanging out. You get in the locker room. There'll be down. somebody down there. One of the guys I, I – my locker – I wouldn't say locker mate, but guys next to me named Chad Stanley. He's from Podunk, Texas somewhere. I'm sure, you know, I always mess with him. It's like, how many brothers you grew up with? He was like, we had one in our whole high school, right? One. And here he is sharing a locker right next to each other where you're fully exposed, but I'm on punt protection. That's my punter. You know what I'm saying? And so when you're in there to do it, it doesn't matter, you know? And um, so I think that's the great thing about sports. It gives you stories that kind of, you know, brings you back to reality because in this day in NIL where you hear whether they're fake numbers or backloaded contracts, guys doing NIL deals, it's only going to get bigger and supposedly, you know, better, even though they supposedly have some, retroactive regulations and stuff like that um you know to hear these stories and there'll be you know obviously more stories like that, that that'll come out um it definitely hopefully brings you back to reality because ultimately this game of football can do you do so much more than you know a couple year period of uh
0: My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
1: Well, I mean, they talked about. I mean, we're, you know, his mother's grandmother uh, worked in tobacco field. Yeah, uh, in South Carolina, and and that she she would she would make a hundred and ninety six dollars every two weeks, two weeks. Yeah, every two weeks, and and they talked about. Well, geez, you know, even for them, even when they were kids, they would have to get in the fields, and they would make you know sixteen dollars a week. Um, pulling tobacco, like 100-pound sacks of tobacco. Right. Uh, and then, you know, he, he kind of, they did the bit where they, you know, he turned around, and he says, we want to see where our bathroom. And he pointed at the woods. Yeah. And he said, if we didn't have running water in the house, and right. we had uh, you know, we had a fireplace and sometimes we'd show up at school with soot on the back of our clothes because we were so cold that we would stand with our backs to the fireplace and then we'd go to school and there'd be soot yeah. all over all over their clothing. And he talked about his grandmother. And, again, you know, Shannon, Shannon went to South Carolina, uh, was number seven pick. Uh, overall. Sterling, yeah, Sterling, Sterling yeah, was yeah, number yeah, seven pick. Yeah. Uh, Shannon went to Savannah State. Yeah. And had to wait until the seventh round.
2: And was not even tight in size. He was kind of in between. Right. Which he would have probably been second or third round pick now because that's what he, he was a hybrid before hybrid. And he had to battle his way onto the, uh, the, you know, on the team in Denver. And it takes look, man. NFL careers, Hall of Fame careers, start w- with the work that the individual does, right, and the ability to play football. But a big thing is is having true, uh, good talent evaluators and the opportunity and coaches that are open to it. To it. If Denver doesn't draft Shannon Sharp, I don't know if we see him on TV. Yeah. I don't know, and, it, and
1: with John Elway, who needed exactly what Shannon did, right?
2: In that time, right? Denver right. needed something to take the pressure off of John Elway. They really didn't have a running attack, you know, a true running back. And then guess what? Shannon Sharp is a 7 round pick. Okay, this worked out. Okay, here comes Terrell Davis, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, okay, well we can get you know Dan Neal, we can get Tom Nalen, we can get Matt Lepsis as a tight end, beef him up a little bit, make him a tackle. Next thing you know, we get the way two real Denver Broncos are running rampant through the NFL. I
1: mean, they changed – look, that changed the way the game was played.
2: It was. And it was changed the way that the people actually looked at scouting too, where you think of guys that are drafted late or getting opportunities. And later on, I always talk about Zach Thomas. I mean, when I watched Zach Thomas play against us that Thursday night, there's not a doubt in my mind that he he was going to be great in the NFL.
1: I was in Carolina when the Panthers got you were know, expansion and Fred Lane came through and Fred Lane went to Lane college. And unless you're from that hometown, you don't know where Lane college is. Right. And when he got to town, you we, know, we, we, he was going to come on, come on my show on my TV show. And he was afraid because first of all, he had never been in a restaurant that, that served food and alcohol and he didn't know what to wear. And he goes, I, I don't, I don't have clothes. So I actually gave him a shirt and some jeans to wear on the show. I'm like, this right. is fine. And then after that, you know, we were having the conversation on air, and he talked about being at Tiny Lane College in Tennessee. And Fred Lane was not a top pick. Like, this, sure. is, like, he was not a name. Yeah. Father father, and mother were, were, were ministers in Tennessee. Um, he said they played on the field where there was glass and rocks. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and he said dog doo-doo. And he, the look on his face after he said it was, oh, I'm in trouble. And I, I'm like, you, you good? He goes, well, I don't know if I could say doo-doo on, on, on air. And I, I just started I, – I, I gave him – I got him gave him a hug because I was like, no, it's fine. And Fred had never been around anything that he was going to face in Carolina as an NFL player. Like he wasn't supposed to make the team. He was brought in. He wasn't supposed to be the guy. Ended up winning, you know, winning, starting job, but tailback. Um, And then, of course, I don't know if you folks know the story, but he was shot by his his wife, -wife. ex-wife. He was actually signed. he was signing a deal with Tennessee, or the Colts, and he flew back in to Charlotte, and she – as soon as he opened the door, she shot.
2: Him. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Um, and that was one of the reasons when, when I, I was like, okay, I got to get out of Carolina. Like, there was too much going on. I had yeah, there was a lot. Then there was Ray Caruth was going on. Uh, uh, Bobby Phils passed yeah. away. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on in Charlotte. And I just knew from my energy, I'm like, I can't be here. Like, right. whatever's going on, I, I can't be a part of it. So the stories of how p- players get to where they get to.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. They, it's- when
1: you pay attention to them, there's some really amazing stories. And uh, Kool Aid says this on the text line. Uh, he had the same experience in the Army, served with people who could barely read, and some that went to Ivy League schools. That's the thing that sports is supposed to be, is that just on merit of work alone. Like, it's if you're willing, like that, it's yeah. supposed to be about the work put in and how much it means to you. And that on the field, between the lines, on the court, on the mat, whatever that is, that. You have some control over your destiny in your space
2: yeah it's the uh, it's the ultimate equalizer and um you know if I could <laughs> give advice to the uh uh three guys that got drafted from Nebraska and the guys that are going in as uh you know free agents uh be prepared and understand when you get there nobody cares that you went to nebraska. Nope. Nobody cares what you did. Nobody actually cares, you know, that you're going to go against where you got drafted. Actually, if you, the higher that you got drafted, they're going to try to use you as a measuring stick. And don't be surprised when you see somebody from South Tennessee State or some college that you could never even think of or even thought that had any players that is just as good as you as an athlete, maybe a better athlete than you, or but maybe not have the, the football acumen or whatever – um, and just needs a little bit of fine tuning, um, because when you walk in the locker room and and you start seeing where guys are from and knowing that they can move and do things that you can do and 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 a lot of times a lot better, um, you know it's a reality check. And you know the coaches there are, are coaching for their their coaching career, their lives. They got families. they got players. They got families and lives and stuff like that. So ultimately, if you if you back yourself in the corner and they got to make them make a choice. They're gonna go with the better guy. Most most they'll most go with the guy who works harder. Works harder. And now, granted, <laughs> if you're a first round pick, you know some you're not gonna get beat out by a free agent. But now, there's no guarantee for guys anymore. And um, and and I think with the parity of college football spread out, right, where where guys are going, you know, they're not going to Nebraska and say Michigan and maybe willing to sit three four years, right, and just get one senior year. So you'll see guys from Arkansas State that are good. You'll see a quarterback come from, you know, um, Jacksonville State. Or you'll see a defensive end come from, you know, say Jacksonville State. And you're like, dang, this dude's good. How How is he, you know, at Jacksonville State? Well, maybe he went to Florida State, got in a little bit of trouble. Maybe academics weren't right. Maybe he had to need, need to mature. Maybe he had some stuff going back home. Boom, he went to Juco, got his mind right, bam. Uh, so – you know it's as you know it's great stories there, but then also you know you could also don't don't just focus for players don't focus on that. Understand, look when you're going into this you know this business of of, of professional football, entertainment football, you're going to be going up against guys that are just as good as you, man. I mean there's there's a guy that I just saw got drafted in the second round from Atlanta, that was the play three positions.
1: I mean you go through all this stuff, and there's so many stories. I just hate it when we become mentally lazy and we don't pay attention to right. the actual story. Uh, we'll throw the break when we come back. Uh, John Squire, uh, dad of Abby Squire, will call in and tell us what's happening with Husker softball as they head to East Lansing. Should be a good week.
0: You're listening to Old School with DP and Jay. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.